Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This episode is sponsored by ironlack.com, premium art supplies made by artists for artists. Enter the code BENCHTALK at ironlack.com for 20% off your first order. This week's episode, I'm catching up with Australian filmmaker Selena Miles. How are you going, Selena? Hey, Tom. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for taking the time That's to sit good. down and have a chat. It's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this for ages. I know. It's been a, um, you were uh, penciled in as one of my uh, very early guests, and uh, we finally got around to it. <laughs> So Selena's got a new movie, Martha, a picture story that's out now in uh, in cinemas. Um, it's about Martha Cooper and her uh, her life in photography. But um, but you've got a, a rich history in the uh, you know documenting graffiti, and um, I guess you've followed a similar path to Martha, but in a different generation and a different part of the world. Um, can you tell me about uh, like where you're from and uh, how you got into making film? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I definitely understand the comparisons because there's not heaps of women out there in the world uh, documenting graffiti, you know, so, as regularly as me and Martha both do. There are there are a handful for sure, um, but like we're pretty different people, <laughs> and we've had pretty different stories. And like I, I definitely like would never compare myself to her, but I, I, I take it as a huge compliment when people do. But um, I grew up in Brisbane, and. Um, Around the time that I was, I guess, my, in my early 20s was a really interesting time for Brisbane. We had, like, a, quite a, a tight group, tight-knit group of friends and artists that would congregate at this one place that was like an art space in the city. And so much interesting stuff came out of that time. Um, so I met some of the guys from a crew called DTS, um, and that sort of that, that was my first introduction to graffiti. And I just loved documenting them like I, I never was really that interested in painting just because they were already so skilled and so talented and I just felt like it would be so silly for me to try and you know com- compare to, to what they were doing so I just picked up a camera and started shooting them and um, it was a really good way to learn and through that I actually got a job editing at Ironlack of all places <laughs> so um, yeah thanks to Ironlack I, I got to see a lot of footage from all over the world and learn how to edit through making graffiti videos so the two have really been like film and and graffiti have been pretty parallel in my life like from the very beginning and what was the name of the place where you all used to congregate it was called the fort and it was in fortitude valley it was like right up the end of the valley and i think the building's still there i don't know what it's called now but it was it was just like a wild place like i don't know who owned it but they gave it to um, Kel Timmons, who's a musician and an artist, and she was kind of she got like all these people to come in and rent studio space, and they had like a record store, and it was so amazing. Like, and there was a car park out the back where everyone could go and practice, you know, painting. And the people that like like Finton McGee lived there, Scotty Marsh lived there, um, Soffles, you know, like all these artists that are still like doing quite well internationally, all came from this one building. So. Um, somewhere I have some video footage of it, but it's on like DV tape. So I have to, one day I have to dig it up and, and, uh, see if I can get anything off of it. But, um, yeah. Like, did you already have, uh, like any, any interest in film before you started filming them? Were you, or did you just get like a, a camera for Christmas or something and thought you'd play around with it? 
Um, I'd always been into computers and like messing around with, with different types of, um, like, like video games and Photoshop and stuff like that. And I was studying multimedia design, which was this course that was like a kind of a one subject of every different little discipline within multimedia, which was really great because I got to learn lots of, like, it was like a buffet, you know, you could try everything and figure out what you liked and what you didn't. Um, but it, I, I, I think I did one film course and I don't remember being that like interested in it. Um, but I actually shared an office with a guy that had a, a camera. He was like a BM, he made BMX videos mostly. And, um, he loaned me his camera. That's how I, I first kind of ended up shooting something. So it was really just good luck, I think. Um, but what, yeah, as soon as, as soon as I picked up a camera and started like editing with it, I was like, okay, yep, this is what I want to do. So yeah. And what, what was the first film you made? Um, the first one was uh, with Soffles, who at the time had, um, had just been through a kind of hefty court case in Brisbane for um, some illegal graffiti he'd been doing for, for a number of years. And having sort of gone through this trial and, and been, you know, um, sentenced and done all his community service and paid all his fines and stuff, and he was like, you know what? Um, I don't have to hide my face anymore. And he had quite a huge following for his graffiti at that point, but I think it was a, 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 a sort of him wanting to, um, yeah, reveal himself to the world and maybe get a bit more leg- legitimacy as an artist. So, um, so yeah, we made this video. It's so terrible. It's still on YouTube. It's called Hustlin' and it's set to Rick Ross. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing, but I, I, I don't know. It's... I, I still love it, so. Yeah. Was that long before you started? You did the Limitless um, video. I think it was maybe four years, four or five years. I think, yeah, yeah. I think the first one was two thousand nine, because I recently realised that it was ten years. So, yeah, just the other day I was like, it's ten years today that I made my first video, and Limitless was two thousand thirteen. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, so Limitless was about halfway through the journey so far. So. And you yeah. came out with that, um, you know, that stop motion style of uh, documenting, you know, graffiti being done. Um, like, where'd the idea come from to do that? And, and how'd you go about, like, you know, perfecting your, your craft with that? Yeah, that's, um, it was, I mean, I think it's important to remember that that was the time when, you know, being a videographer wasn't the most common job. Like when I first got the job with Iron, like I think I was literally the only person that they knew of that had the means and the capacity to edit a video. You know, it wasn't like the what, how it is today where everybody's, you know, producing their own content. So there, there was a lot less competition around and also like a lot less of an industry around that kind of filmmaking. But um, there was already like a pretty healthy kind of world of tutorials and stuff and um, it was actually a friend of mine who's an amazing director called Matthew Thorne. Um, we were working on a music video together and he kind of mentioned this. He was like, you should see this new thing called Hyperlapse. And it must have just like embedded in my brain. I didn't like it was I didn't think about it at the time. But then a few weeks later, I was in Portugal with Soffles. We'd gone on this kind of graffiti trip around Europe together and we would just arrived. And one night I 
I, I remembered this technique that this guy had mentioned and I Googled it. And I was sitting there with Soffles and he saw the video and he was the one that was like, dude, we have to try this. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, let's do it. And it was, it was like you know, two days later that we started shooting the first video that we made. And uh, like, I, I had one day to practice and then the next day we were going. And the thing about that technique is that you don't, you can't really see the result of what you're doing while you're shooting it. Like, cause it's just a series of stills and then you take those and you put them into the computer and trick the computer into thinking it's video basically. Um, and so you have no idea if it's working while you're shooting, which is a little stressful um, and, you know, it takes hours and hours. So you go out all day and shoot all day and maybe you get nothing out of it. So, but it worked like straight away, you know, and I guess that my brain just understands how to do it. Like I never found it too difficult. Like it's, it's, it's hard um, to concentrate for so long. Like, and it's like when we were shooting Limitless, that was 10 days of work. So for eight hours a day, I was, I was, I was like moving a tripod one inch, taking a photo, moving it an inch, taking a photo um, in like 10 or 20 second increments. And it's just the most boring work because you can't listen to a podcast, like you can't read a book that like you just have to focus, but it's so mind-numbingly boring at the same time. Um, so that's probably the hardest part about it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just It just worked out. Like I think it was just very like right people at the right time in the right places just made that whole thing come together hmm. yeah because i tried doing something similar a while ago like i've made a few videos on my own but i have no in no way or former videographer um but i like i remember my friend watched it back and said oh gee you wouldn't want to have epilepsy and uh be watching that because <laughs> i think it was a bit too jolty it was it was really handheld yeah. and, um in Bar- like i was in barcelona but everything was all handheld and I didn't have a tripod. So I yeah. might even set a camera up just on some rocks or on a wall and hope, hopefully not move mm-hmm. it too much. And, but, uh, yeah, you seem to get it, get it done really well, use the right equipment and, and had the patience to do it. Cause I was trying to do both like paint and take the photos and it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, did my head in. Oh, that's hard. That's totally hard. And yeah. And, and it is like its own job, you know? And I think like, yeah, to to be painting and trying to shoot at the same time is like dividing your attention in a way that's probably not not healthy, you know. So, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it just clicks with me somehow. My brain just likes that kind of stuff. But um, yeah. I mean, don't don't give me a spray can. Like I'm so hopeless. I have no hand eye coordination whatsoever when it comes to that stuff. So that's my that's my uh, consolation. Yeah, I'm sure you've watched a yeah. lot though. Yeah, I have for sure. And I can kind of like in a, like in a pinch, I can like, you know, I can like work my way around a spray can just cause I've seen so many people do it and I understand like what different nozzles are and stuff, but that's about it. Like I'm totally hopeless. I have no style. <laughs> Luckily you got plenty of style with the lens. So so with those, uh, you know, with those stop motion videos, do you think that um, sort of marked your arrival on the, the scene as far as, uh, you know, documenting graffiti and, and making films? Because, uh, you know, mm. even though like similar things have been done in the past, but I know when you, you came out with them at a time where there was lots of the same, if you know what I mean. And when, mm. when your videos yeah. with Soffles came out, it was, um, it was really, you know, refreshing to see, and it was, a, you know, a lot of work had obviously gone into it, and it was a completely new take mm. on, you know, a traditional graffiti video. Yeah, I think 
I think it was it was a, it was good timing, and I think that what what was so perfect about that marriage of that hyperlapse technique with graffiti is that um, you can see how the piece is made like very quickly, and I think a lot of people that didn't know that much about graffiti before finally like could see how much work goes into it and how the how you layer things and how you know a piece is constructed and I think that was really interesting for people and it kind of reveals that in a way that um you can't really get with live video which is often literally like watching paint dry (laughs) um and yeah I think I mean I definitely have to credit um Ironlack for giving me that job because you know for the first couple of years of of my sort of filmmaking career um I was just sitting in my bedroom editing these iron like videos and and learning by doing those and having this huge audience like they already had like a following on YouTube where anything they put up would get like 50,000 views and this is 10 years ago which is a lot you know and so it was a really good motivation to keep getting better because there was that feedback and and I think not everybody has that privilege to have a sort of ready-made audience from the very beginning of what they're doing. Um, So I'm really grateful to to Luke and and, um, to Ironlack for that. And yeah, and yeah, that video definitely went around the world. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it was pretty crazy. Didn't it it get on Reddit and um, get a lot of of views from there? Yeah, I remember someone saying to me, like, you guys did everything you're not supposed to do when you're launching something. Like, we launched it on, like, a Saturday morning and, you know, really didn't have any kind of marketing strategy for it. But, yeah, someone explained to me that it got on the front page of Reddit, which is kind of a big deal. Um, And that's kind of guarantees you a certain number of views. And, um, yeah, I think I I put it up. The, The previous one we'd done was called infinite that was the first one from portugal and that had gotten seven hundred thousand views which for for me was a lot um and the whole way through making that limitless video we were like we're never going to top the last one that was really what was on our minds i'd say um so we didn't have huge expectations for it and then i put it up and then like went to bed and the next day woke up and had like i think i had 700 emails in my inbox just from pe- just from all kinds of different people being like mostly just like congratulations but some weird stuff and some offers of work and so that was like quite a lot <laughs> um yeah yeah it was like I didn't I didn't fully realize at the time what had happened took a while for it to sink in but um yeah definitely a surprise yeah, it's awesome to see though through like putting in uh, so much work and uh you know you know it's you can tell by watching the video that it, a lot of work went into it from everyone who was involved, you know, the artists mm. and, and from you yourself and to see it all come together, but then really pay off. It's like, um, you yeah. know, cause you, you know, there's nothing worse than going, if I do this, I'm going to, you know, get all, all these jobs and all this sort of stuff. Cause you know, likely that's not going to happen. Whereas if you just do something for the love of it, uh, quite often that's when all the, um, you know, all the rewards come through to you. Yeah, yeah, that was a definite example of that. Like, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I, yeah, and it's and that, and that was also the challenge after having made that video because I did feel like for a while there was this expectation that 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 I I needed to make something that was going to top it, 
you know, and, and I think that was a really unhealthy kind of thing to be worried about because it was such a, a, like a one in a million kind of circumstance in the, like to begin with, there was no way we were ever going to top it. You know, it would be silly. It would be naive to think that that was possible. And it was so much work as it was like, I wasn't really going to go and make one that was longer and it didn't, you know, it just didn't work like that. So, and that, I think that, that like that, what the sort of aftermath of that video and the pressure that I felt to like keep performing on that level um, was what really pushed me into making more documentary because I remember thinking, well, like as far as like cool visuals go, like I think I've kind of done the best I can do. Now I need to do something really different and I need to challenge myself in a new way. And yeah, and that was, that kind of changed my, my course a little bit, which I think was quite a good thing. Cause you know, I think, I probably could have just said yes to everybody that asked me to make something like that for a commercial brand and lived quite comfortably off that for the following five years. But I just didn't want to do that. I felt like what was great about that video was that it was so spontaneous and that that couldn't really be replicated. And I, we did try once or twice um, with a few different projects and it just never was the same. So I was like, okay, it's time to move on, you know? So, um, which I'm glad about. And yeah, I think that, that was a good choice. Yeah. Well, I remember what, one video that stood out to me like after that, that, um, that I was, you know, I was, I was just really surprised to see was the one you did with, um, Felipe Panton. Like, yeah, yeah. because, you know, it was a completely different, um, way of making a, a video and it was, I know it was really cool. It was really well done. And, um, you know, it was oh, like, a, it was like a biography, but like done in a quirky way and even sort of poking fun at yourself in the process it's uh oh that was good it's like um like, yeah. where, like did you have to think think long and hard to think of a different way of doing something or um or did that um, just come naturally to you yeah i i just i i i mean that was a collaboration with felipe you know and that was that was inspired by him and his his approach to his art and um he showed me a couple of references as well of videos that he liked. And he just said, he, I remember him saying a couple of times, like, I just want it to have a lot of information in it and be, be fast, like not to be boring, you know? And cause that's what his, his whole approach to life is about. So that was, yeah, that, that kind of inspired a, a whole series, which I'm still working on. Martha was meant to be the third one, but that kind of escalated into a feature film. But, um, doing a series of 10 minute profiles on different artists where I really allow the artist style and their personality to influence the filmmaking. Cause it's a really great challenge to be like, okay, so this person, like I did one on Guido Van Helton, for example. And I'm like, he's someone who's very calm and quiet, but he's also extremely introspective and he does this work, which is really beautiful. And it's very humanist and it's, and he's like, goes to, he, we went to Iceland and I was like, how can I, how what would a film about this person look like as opposed to a film about Felipe and trying to adopt different techniques and um I really enjoy that process and I feel like it just expands my skill set more and more the more artists that I work with in that way so I'm actually looking for, for some more now you know to to continue that series um but yeah Martha was meant to be the third one and then I turned up in New York and started filming and two years later here we are <laughs> so um yeah got a little bit sidetracked yeah you've done a few in the in between though like that there was a um the one-up uh graffiti olympics as well 
Yeah, like, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Like, how, how'd that come about? That was crazy. Like, because I remember seeing a little thing on Instagram about it, and it's like, oh yeah, look, look, looking forward to checking this video out. Then I watched it, and it's like, bloody hell, you guys, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, you you did it, you did a great job in all areas. Every uh, big looked like a really um, real big team effort. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Um, I met them when I was shooting the doc. We we're in Berlin, and um, I, sh- I I shot with them just a couple of couple of, one night while I was in Berlin and met like a few of them. And I was just really impressed um, from the first time that I met them about just the way that they are as people. Like I like for anyone that doesn't know about One Up Crew, they're a group from mo- mostly from Germany, but sort of based in Europe and. Um, the thing that they're doing differently to, I guess, like a lot of traditional crews or graffiti writers is that they've kind of just foregone having like an, uh, their name that they write, like they only write their crew name. And I think what it does is it like removes a lot of the like, I don't know, like attitudes that can end up being quite toxic for graffiti, like, you know, being like super egotistical and competitive and, you know, it's it's just like very much about everyone getting together and working together to for a common goal and um you know and and there's no real reward there's no personal reward for anybody that does it because they're all anonymous no one knows who they are they're not you know and there's so many people involved so it's it's really about the love and that they you know they share for doing it and the experiences that they have together and then on top of that what else I think is cool is that I mean it's interesting is that they've got this huge following now like I think it's like what like 600,000 followers on Instagram which is quite a lot for a, for a graffiti thing you know and um they're using this platform now to kind of promote these messages of like environmentalism or like LGBT rights and things that you wouldn't normally associate with like graffiti writers you know and um so that was kind of those things combined was what made me really interested to work with them um and also just because there's so many of them, they get shit done, you know, like they, their, their, their whole thing is, you know, in Berlin is they've figured out ways like little loops in the system that they can paint like a whole car in two, two or three minutes um, where, you know, and like then they're, they're not trying to be the most stylish or like the most technical writers, but they just get a lot of shit done, um, which is also a lot more fun to film. Cause like the, my, like it's really boring as a filmmaker to go and watch someone spend 10 hours painting a legal wall, you know, like it's just, I mean, it's still interesting, but it's, it's way more fun to, to watch someone like, like, you know, 20 people run in and destroy a whole, a whole car in two minutes and run away, you know? So, um, so yeah, so that's why I was like really interested in, in them before I met them. And then when I met them, I was like, wow, these guys are just really nice. Like they're really lovely people and seem really positive and, not intimidating at all and and so they were like you should come we have you know we're gonna we're going to this place you should come and I was like okay (laughs) and uh got on a plane like having not really spent any time with them and you know like anyone that's been on one of those trips like you know is you always have that moment where you're flying in where you're like oh my god what am I doing this is such a mistake like I don't know these people but um it worked out really well so we just yeah we just sort of came up with an idea that would show off what they can do and um, executed it eventually. It was pretty stressful, but we got there. So, so do you want to um, just run over uh, like the concept of that video, like for people who haven't seen it? Yeah, it's basically a one take drone video, which um, 
was something I was interested in for a long time. I guess having done Limitless, which is kind of the opposite, you know, it's like like condensing time um, into something that short, like reveals something different because it's sped up. This was like, okay, so what would that same kind of approach of like zooming through a space look like in real time, you know, with a drone? And um, I'd done one in Melbourne with a bunch with Soffles and a bunch of people that that worked out quite well, but it was very long and and I think not really. I did it, it didn't it didn't quite work the way that we wanted it to, but it was still interesting. And then I was like, the technology got a little bit better, so I was like, it's time to try it again. So um, basically, it's a continuous drone shot through Athens, and um, you know, in the frame, there's like different groups of people painting in the city um so it's it's yeah and it's all happening simultaneously basically so yeah it's um there's a few there's a few cuts in it like we we put some jump cuts in it just because it got quite boring to just sit there and watch it all play out the whole time um but yeah it was done in one take so wow yeah it was crazy once again it was something i'd um you know never seen done and um you know it's just you know, tip my hat to you of documenting graffiti oh, in a really you. good way. Oh, thanks. Because I've worked with, um, you know, filmers in, you know, you know every now and then you take on some, a, a bit of a corporate job and they'll go, oh, we've got a filmmaker coming and he's going to film your painting at some mural or whatever. And Yeah. And you, you can tell they haven't been, they've never been around graffiti or anything like mm. that. And so mm-hmm. it's like they'll have, you know, close-ups of the cans and then shaking the cans and then like, like yeah. you know, the first 30 seconds of like buffing the wall and stuff. It's like, this isn't, this isn't <laughs> it, you know, this is the crap. And yeah. <laughs> don't film any of this. No one wants to watch this stuff. Um, whereas, yeah. you, you know, you really cut, cut to the core and, and make it really entertaining for, for those who know, if you know what I mean, and the, oh, the people who really want to watch it and the people who have partaken in, in the culture get to see it documented in in a, a way that they they want to see it oh thank you that's that's great to hear that's yeah and it's it is it is like I definitely learned this making the doc this documentary um and working with a big team of people that didn't know that much about graffiti and having to kind of just drill it into like our marketing team and the producers and stuff like you can't say this don't say this like that's wrong you know like this is the language you should use because it's it is such a nuanced thing and it's so easy to get it wrong and I guess that's like that's that's what makes something a subculture right is that there's like there's all these subtle like rules and and ways of talking and behaving and that um you can only get in through experience and it's pretty immediately obvious if someone doesn't know um and that's you know it's like a true subculture in that way but um yeah did you have you ever had the classic um, p- p- person turn up with a piece of Perspex and ask you to like s- like they film through the Perspex and ask you to spray like onto the Perspex? No, I, I wouldn't do it. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm, you pretty, do I'm it? pretty fussy with all that sort of stuff. Like I just really, if people ask me to do things and it's like this is going to look shit, it's like no, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to put myself in that position where you're going to put this out. So uh, yeah, 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 because because it'll because that's the thing is that like. I feel like graffiti or like oh, street art less so, but graffiti is like, can be such a tough 
tough crowd as well. And if you, if you get roped into anything like that, like you're going to get so much shit for it, even though it's not your fault. So yeah, I think it's good to like stand your ground and not let people make you do dumb things. But the Perspex one is the classic. I feel like we should bring back the Perspex. Make it cool again. <laughs> you can do a whole video of it. <laughs> I'm sure you'll yeah. make it look good though. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I, I feel uh, like the low angle with like the, the like dramatic can shake and then like spraying over the, over the frame. Oh, bring it back. Yeah. And the close <laughs> up with the mask on. Yeah. Putting the mask on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, you look so cool with the mask on. It's like, I'm only, this is for health. <laughs> this is so I don't get sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sweating. Yeah, it's not, it, a, buddy, it's it's not, it's not yeah. a fashion accessory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, yeah. Totally. Yeah, but you've been um <laughs> you've been fortunate enough to travel a lot uh, while making yeah. movies. Like um, do you know were a lot of the early ones just you on holiday, and then you thought you'd turn it into mm. a, a project as well? Yeah, totally. It like I spent I spent the first. I mean, it took me about five years before I got to a point where I was getting opportunities to go overseas. Um. You know, I'd get invited to street art festivals or I, you know, I'd have friends that would be doing something or I'd just buy a ticket and go. Um, but then I also started like joining all these trips together. So like, you know, I'd be in, I'd be working on a street art festival in America and then two weeks later I had to be in Dubai. So I'd be like, I'm going to go to Serbia and visit some friends in Serbia rather than go home and just was just doing that for years and years. And um, it's actually a really cheap way to live. You know, if you can get, I was getting these gigs where even if it wasn't paid, they'd pay your hotel and they'd feed you. And so I wasn't paying rent and I didn't have a car. I didn't buy clothes. Like I, I just, all I bought was camera equipment. And that, and so it, it, it is uh, like, I feel like a lot of people that have like a more regular lifestyle look at that and say, Oh, like, how did you do that? That seems so impossible, but it's, it's actually really cheap. And now that I've got, I do have a base. Like I find it, I do see how it gets harder to, you know, to, to take trips like that because you've got your rent and you've got responsibilities at home and I just had no responsibilities. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's how I did it. And I'm really grateful for that, for that time. I'm glad I did it, but, um, it does also get tiring after a while. I think it's like a young person's game. So, yeah. 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 I remember, um, yeah, when I was in uh, Barcelona and you and Soffles came over, I was, uh, fortunate yeah. enough to uh to take part in one of your videos that was so much fun that trip yeah that was a crazy yeah. yeah that was a crazy night that night that we uh we met up because um i don't know if you remember but i was with uh with nug from stockholm and he he'd just got arrived that day as well and the night before yeah. i'd found a place for us to paint i thought oh, it's like this this wall that's up on a hill that if you take a piece of it then you take a photo you have the skyline of barcelona behind it and uh -huh. um, so I, I checked. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, there's 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 legal spots like that, and there's there's spots like that all over Barcelona because it's a hilly city. But uh, um, this was yeah. one that hadn't been painted, and I thought, oh, so I so I took him there, and I thought, oh, this is um, you know, I checked out during the day; it all seemed cool, and then um, and then we went to paint it. We pulled our paint out of our bag, and there was um a big tree that a family was living under. And we didn't realize yeah. at the time. And this guy came out from under the tree and pulled a knife on us. <laughs> we were like, oh, shit. We're like, well, I was just saying to him in, yeah. in Spanish, you know, like, we're, we're, you know, we didn't realize you were there. We're getting out of here and all this sort of stuff. 
we had to climb up this um this wall to get out of there but it had been raining and it was all slippery and we couldn't couldn't get up the guy had to put his uh put his knife down and um and uh lift us up (laughs) over the wall but then I remember we, we jumped over the wall and we were both like, shit, that was like, like this guy was furious. And I think he had his wife and kid like under the tree. Oh. He was really, like, he was swinging the knife at us to, like, oh, as no. if he wanted to cut us. And it was really, like, I know it was pretty scary stuff. But I remember we got up over the wall and walked down a flight of stairs. And then you and Soffles were at the uh, bottom of the stairs and we were just like, oh, shit, that was full on. And then we went off and... um made a graffiti video in Barcelona that night. Yeah, I think, were we sitting there waiting for you? Yeah, something like that. We said, oh, we'll oh, be there dear. soon. And we thought, oh, I'll just do some quick pieces here and then, then we'll go and meet you guys. And, oh, man, mm. I just remember it was one of those nights, you know, like um, like it's a full moon or something and everything just spirals out of control. And yes, I think yeah, I, I remember it being very much like that. I think I had work the next that. day as well and I, I remember being in a meeting and just smelling like beer and everything, just like, <laughs> feeling really embarrassed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the that that was the last stop for me on a really long European summer of like total mischief. I think I'd been in Moscow before that, and then before that I'd been in Iceland, and before that I was in Paris. I think that's when it was, and I yeah yeah I remember that being like quite a just a a messy trip that Barcelona trip, <laughs> but good times, great times. Yeah, always good times in Barcelona. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you gotta be you gotta be careful with that stuff like and i think i don't know like i always just try and put myself in the shoes of that that guy like can you imagine if like these strangers just like turn up to where you're like essentially like living on the street and you're like you don't know who they are you don't know what they want you know like it would be they i'm, I'm sure he was terrified of you you know and like because yeah like even though if only they knew like you 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 would never have any like ill will towards anybody you know but like the the perception could very easily be different you've got to it's it's easy to forget that you know but um yeah he he was um yeah. you could tell he was in he was really just trying to protect his family and um you know he yeah he was just trying to be the dominant male in the situation and we were like and then afterwards he he thought oh hang on i've got these guys at knife point actually give me your money he said that to us and said oh no we don't have any money we go we've got beers though you want some beer he's like no no i don't want any beer <laughs> And then just helped us over the wall. <laughs> oh, dear. What a strange interaction. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. And it's funny how if you just level with people and, like, reason with them and, like, and like you know, like, don't escalate the situation. Like, you, you know, use your body language and your voice to, like, chill things down. How you can talk yourself out of pretty much anything, you know. But, um, yeah. Yeah. There was a similar thing in Athens, actually, when, when, there's, when I was there with one up, like, there's um the guys were trying to get onto this rooftop to to paint this rooftop and they they'd like climbed onto this balcony and were trying to go in the window and then all the like shop owners like on the bottom level came out and were like yelling like no no stop please don't and and they're like oh, okay sorry and they get down and they're like we just want to go on the roof and they're like do it like yes please do it we want you to do it but just don't do it through that window because <laughs> you know? like, um there and the reason they wanted them to do it was because. Athens is just like covered in like fascist graffiti like there's like swastikas everywhere and um so the guys when they were that when they were going around painting they'd also paint out all the swastikas and like cover them you know so people were actually really happy that they were there and it wasn't you know like there's just so much graffiti already that like 
it didn't like it, people didn't care they've got like real problems you know so i thought that was interesting um because at first we thought they were like oh they're gonna call the cops but they were like no just don't go through that window we that we we like that window go through this other one <laughs> you know so it's very very funny i'm sure you've seen a lot of yeah. uh crazy things while you've been filming like have you got any uh any good mm. stories you can share with us um I mean, touch wood, I actually haven't seen that much crazy stuff. Like, I've everything's always been, like, pretty much according to plan. And, like, yeah, nothing nothing particularly exciting has ever happened. I mean, nah, not really. Like, yeah, it's, which is good. <laughs> Let's keep it that way, you know. And actually, I remember asking Martha the same thing, like, because she's, you know, she's been doing documenting not just graffiti and street art but like working for newspapers and for national geographic and all over the world for like 40 years and i always ask her like what what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you and she's she she's like nothing nothing crazy has ever happened to her she said the worst thing was when she was working in the bronx in the 70s a guy kicked in her car window because he saw that she had a camera and she was like in her car on street level shooting and he was in his window and he came down with like a knife or something and kicked in her window, but she just drove away. And that was, you know, the most dramatic thing. So I was like, man, that's pretty good, you know? But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I'd, maybe I've been lucky, I don't know. Yeah, we have. Sometimes the, um, the hairy experiences make for the best stories, you know? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but they, they, they suck when you're going through them at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I, yeah, I'm not going to wish for more interesting stories, though. <laughs> I'm happy to be boring. <laughs> yeah. So, so as, as we mentioned at the start of the interview, you've just finished your, um, your first feature-length um, picture called uh, Martha, A Picture Story. Can you, um, can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. Well, it's a yeah, it's a it's a feature documentary about the life and work of American documentary photographer Martha Cooper, who um, you know most people know her from her work uh, on a book called Subway Art, which was co-authored with Henry Chalfont, uh, which is kind of credited as being you know one of the most important kind of texts of the early graffiti movement. Um, but she's done a whole lot of other really amazing things in in her career, and and she's still um, very active in the street art community around the world and she's 70, 76 now um, and she's still going which is just amazing in itself you know that's like a big part of the story is like how does she keep keep going um, so yeah just sort of talking about her life and sort of what she's gone through to, to get to where she is and um, yeah and uh, it's just come out in cinemas in Australia and should be fingers crossed um hitting the rest of the world early next year yeah and yeah. um yeah there's something that you you mentioned on a lead up to it of how important it is for um you know people who are interested in in this to go see it at the cinema so i can stay at the cinema for longer like i didn't you know i don't mm-hmm. know how the the film industry works but um yeah i think it's um you know like i see certain things and think oh, i'll just wait till another time i'll i'll see it when i'm when i'm ready but um you know, you know, knowing you and um, and seeing something that I'm actually really interested in seeing, it's like I like hearing how important it is to to go see it while it's at the cinema and help it um, stay in the theatres for as long as it can is um, I don't know something I hadn't really thought about before. So I recommend anyone mm. out there who's into graffiti, into street art, into photography, into filmmaking, um, you know, go check it out because um, you know from seeing the rest of your work, Selena, I've, I'm 
like I know it's going to be good and I, I can't wait to see it and see how you've actually oh, gone about thanks. making it and edited it and all that type of stuff oh thank you yeah it's it's a whole new world for me like I've you know I've come from the generation of just like making something and putting it on YouTube or Vimeo and um it's it was like a real learning curve to do something that was so involved for so long and with such high stakes and so much money and so many people's time invested in you know and the cinema industry is so brutal like unless you're a marvel movie it's so hard to to get enough um enough people in attendance to keep it going you know like it's just not something that i mean i i hope that cinema continues to stay around forever but it's seems like it's 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 pretty tough going you know it's um for i know the distributors have it have it really tough trying to get anything independent into the cinema you know so i'm super grateful that we're that we're in the cinema at all but um it's a limited release so that basically like they'll only run it for as long as people go and watch it um so that's a little scary (laughs) um but yeah it's just yeah it's also it's and it's nice to see it in the cinema because you know you get the proper sound and you get to see it on the big screen and it's a much it's a much nicer experience um but yeah, I mean, even I don't go to the cinema as much as I'd like, so I totally understand, you know. It's um, but yeah, it'd be so sad if 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 the cinema ceased to exist, you know. I think so, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So if it uh, you know, once so once it has had its run at the at the cinema, do you, can you see it? Um, you hoping for it to get on Netflix or something like that? Yeah, yeah, it'll definitely um have a life uh on online. Uh, you know but the the that's the usual steps you would go through is like be in festivals first and then you'd be in the cinema and then you go to like what's called an SFOD so like the Netflixes and similar things and then broadcast which is like TV so um, I'm still learning about all this stuff and there's a whole wonderful team that that do all this stuff um, for for Martha but uh, yeah it'll it's just a long process, you know, and I feel bad because everyone's always asking me and I'm like, I have no idea where it's going to go. It's just, you know, just got to keep our fingers crossed and, um, and see where it ends up. So yeah, but, um, it's done, it's done like a good festival run and, and, um, it's been really well received. So I think that's all promising, you know, is this something you think you're going to do again or I get it too early to tell? Um, I, I'd love to, for sure. It's just about finding the right topic because it is such a long process and you've got to really love what you're talking about. And um, I mean, one of my dreams is definitely to make like a feature doc about just about like modern graffiti, you know, like more of the like European style of, of um, you know, like tra- train writing nowadays. Because um, I just feel like there's so many interesting stories behind it. Um, but then you've got the obvious challenges of no one wanting to be like identified and how do you make a story about characters that don't want to have their voice or their face or their home or their friends or their family featured you know like who's going to watch that so how would you go about telling that story and um, that's something that I've talked to a lot of friends about and the consensus like a lot of people seem to be like don't bother it's it's going to be a waste of time like it's too hard but um, I don't know, maybe it would be the kind of project I'd have to start now and then like sit on it for 10 years, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And then I've got like a whole bunch of other ideas and things in development. And um, 
so but yeah I'm, I'm pretty keen to do some sh- more short form stuff for a, a while now just to you know just to travel a bit more and um just expand my skill set a bit more and and I feel like when the right project comes along I'll know um but I don't really feel the pressure to jump into something straight away all right Selena you ready for some uh, rapid fire questions sure let's do it I'm terrible at these but let's try (laughs) all right uh name one artist who you think deserves more shine broken fingers from Israel they're my favorite it's a crew yeah I agree I've had them on here before actually really oh i have to listen to that fuck i idolize those dudes yeah they're definitely my most like, uh, my most stoned guests i've ever had on but uh it was a really <laughs> good interview i always write to them and yeah i always write to them and like try and like get them to like be my friend and they always ignore me so <laughs> i just i just think they're so amazing yeah you'll have to scroll right back like I, it was one of the early interviews but um but yeah i was really honored I've that they said yes it was really cool to um chat to them they're great guys yeah Oh, they're so awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's one medium you'd love to work with? Um, film, getting into film, as in like analog film, way harder than it looks. <laughs> Martha's got me interested in it, even though she hates it. But um, fuck, I cannot, I cannot get it right. Hey, I'm hopeless at it. So, and it's expensive. Yeah. 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 Um, what's one skill you wish you had? Um, I wish I knew how to make music because it's something that's just becoming harder and harder to source um, and pay for. And I just wish I knew how to make it. And I've tried and I'm terrible at that too. (laughs) But I'll learn. Definitely a skill. Yeah, you can't be a jack Uh of all trades. No, it's a whole thing. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who are some of your favorite artists? Um, Can I do filmmakers instead? Yeah, they're artists. Okay, so Asif Kapadia, uh, director of Senna, Amy Winehouse's documentary, um, Diego Maradona, um, Shamin Obaid Shinoy, she's a documentary filmmaker from Pakistan. She's like won a bunch of Oscars for her, her uh, docos about the patriarchy in Pakistan. She's a weapon. Adam McKay, who made The Big Short and uh, Vice, just for his, his style of filmmaking is so unique. Um, who else? Louis Theroux, obviously, like everybody else. Um, yeah, those are those are my like top top four. They're the people that I'm like most looking at at the moment. Cool. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? <sighs> so much. Back yourself. Have a bit more confidence in yourself. I'd still give myself that advice today, <laughs> but um. Yeah, just like just yeah, stick up for yourself and um and don't let anybody tell you that the way that you like to do things is wrong. Do things your way, be yourself. Have your own voice because that's what makes you special and that's what makes your work stand out. Totally. I 100% agree with that. Mhm. Um has your career been uh smooth sailing? Nope. <laughs> has anyone ever answered yes to that question? Oh, it's a new question. I just typed it. You're the first oh. time I've asked it. But some, you know, some people are just like went and did this, and then that happened, and that happened, and that happened. You know, like on um, if I look from the outside, looking at your career, it looks like it's been a, a smooth ride. You know, like but oh. I don't know that because I haven't lived it. But you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like there's this online presence yeah. and thing. Because for me, looking at your career, it looks like you got 
you you met some writers. You got a job with Iron Lack. You you've made a, a film with Stoffels, and then uh, your career blew up. Mm. You know, I'm sure it's not yeah. as easy as that. There's a lot of work that's gone into it and ups and downs. I think it's a good question to ask because I think it's actually really healthy and important for maybe like a younger generation of people that are coming up to know that it's not that way. And that if, the, if they're failing or they feel like things aren't working out, that that's like a normal part of the process. Cause I do agree that we're living in this time where everyone's just constantly like trying to show off about how great their life, their life is when we're all really suffering and struggling behind the scenes at times, you know, and it's like failure and, and difficulty shouldn't shouldn't be something that we hide away it's um it's it's a healthy normal part of the process so um yeah I've had heaps of really hard times I was so broke for the first like five years that I was doing this and thank goodness that um I'm fortunate to be you know living in a country where you can you can do that you know and you can have some support from I had some support from my family and from the government and you know like not everyone has that opportunity so um yeah, but yeah, it's been heaps of sacrifice and and struggle. You know, I, I I have no shame in admitting that. You know, it shows in your work because there's like you know you can tell that you work work really hard and also the thought process that goes into your your work as well because you haven't defaulted to what's out there and just sort of follow trends. Yeah, that's I think that's the worst thing you can do, and that, I think that goes for artists as well as filmmakers and. Yeah, don't don't like get off Instagram. You know, I actually just deleted Instagram off my phone this week because I just got fed up with it. So, yeah. Do you ever do that? Just like have a break. Uh, I constantly have a break from it, but I don't. Mm. I don't delete it off my phone or anything like that. I, I only usually just check it once a day in the mornings. Oh, uh, you you've know. got more self control than me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just not <laughs> interested in it to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like doing Instagram stories because it's showing friends what I'm up to and stuff. But I'm, um, as far as sitting and scrolling, I don't know. I've, I've got friends I, I, I tease about it because they do a lot of it, and it's um, mm. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just not interested. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> I think it it's like poisons your brain if you do it too much. That's what I noticed. Because when I'm editing, like I might have a little five second break where something's loading. And I got into the habit of like sitting there with my phone next to my keyboard and every time there was a little break, I'd look at it. But you don't just look at it for the five seconds. You look at it for like 10 seconds or 20 seconds or three minutes or five minutes, you know, and next thing you add up all that time over a day and you've been staring at your phone for like an hour out of your day. And it's like a life thief, you know. And also I feel like it's it's like encouraging your brain to strengthen those like synapses, those connections in your brain that that are just like distracted you know so it's like it's like training your brain to not be able to concentrate on one thing for more than 30 seconds which is a terrible thing to do to yourself so I'm trying to just get off of it now and I feel better already so (laughs) yeah it's funny I haven't really thought about it but just from talking to you now it popped into my head that I feel like I've actually swapped that out for little sketchbooks like I'm you know those little those breaks where you pick up your you know your phone like I um mm. I actually swapped that out for for drawing and now I'm like I'm actually feel like I'm really addicted to drawing that is so awesome but it's cool it's 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 what I should be doing anyway it's my career doing, and it's yeah. uh and I love it and um but I'd much prefer to sit there and and draw something than I would um you know scroll Instagram and I feel as yeah. a result I'm just doing so many drawings and uh I feel the progression 
you know yeah totally because you and then you're creating something instead of consuming because that's the other thing is just like consuming like all of this stimulus of like other people's imagery and ideas and it's just it's really distracting to the creative process i think and um yeah my my new thing is whenever something's loading is i just sit there and and stare at the screen and let it load you know (laughs) and try to just be bored for five seconds you know because it's okay to um you know and 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 or i think okay so what am i going to do next what's the next step and which is it sounds obvious but i would just got into a terrible habit of looking at my phone so um yeah i think it's good i think it's good to have a break every so often i think it's healthy yeah anyway (laughs) back onto the questions um yeah (laughs) do you have a uh, a dream project you'd love to work on um yeah lots but i i i I, they're all secret (laughs) um yeah no they're all they're all pretty secret i think cool i'll look look forward to seeing them uh turn into a reality (laughs) Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see. Um, where are you wanting to take your career? Um, that's such a difficult question. Um, where would I want to take my career? Uh, just, I would like to end up in a place where I'm making things that are of actual meaningful, lasting benefit to the world that can can be like a force for good and change in the positive change in the world um which is yeah that's that's harder than it than it sounds sometimes i think um but that's yeah definitely it do you have any uh future plans or projects in the pipeline um can't think of any that i can mention right now but yeah yeah got a few things going on next year which is exciting Sorry, that's such a shit answer. <laughs> well, it's just, I don't know, like when it's when it's not your project, when you're like working for somebody else, you can't really go like blabbing about what they're doing before it's happened, I feel. But um, there's, I don't know, like I've got a project in Brazil, I've got a project in Berlin, one in Myanmar, one in Tahiti for the first half of um, t- next year, which is all, all exciting stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'll keep an eye out for him. And um and where's the best place for people to see your work online? Um probably just uh, after all that hor- all that trash talk about Instagram. <laughs> probably on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram or or my website. Um my website's just my name.com, selenamiles.com or Facebook or you know all the usuals. Um Instagram stories. <laughs> and this is the problem, right? Is like you want to be you want to be publishing stuff like you want people to be aware of what you're doing but then you get sucked into like checking all the responses whereas like yeah i feel like um some of the more traditional channels were more like you just put it out and then you get on with your life whereas now it's very much about like staying and making sure everyone's seeing it and what they're thinking and but um yeah instagram is probably the easiest but but is is that is that true or is that just something you're telling yourself to know what do you reckon? I don't know. I don't like, I just put it out and done, you know, get on with yeah. life. Like sometimes yeah, I, like, totally. you know, if there's comments and stuff, I might have a, a, a read through them, but it might be like a week later or something. So yeah, you know, that's a real power move. That's what Martha does. She's such a, she's such a power Instagram user. She'll post something and then just not read any of the comments and like 
doesn't do stories, doesn't respond to messages. Like she, she's like, you can't reach me. You know, like <laughs> no one can reach her, you know, like she doesn't put her email address out there anyway. She's like trying to not get contacted. I'm like, you're such a G, Martha. <laughs> and people email me all the time thinking that I like that I'm like speaking for her. And I'm always like, no, don't. No, no, no. <laughs> She's such an enigma. Yeah. Now, I'm really looking forward to seeing the movie. I've um I've been away all week, so I've just got back to Melbourne and I'm going to go see it this weekend. I, uh yeah, I can't wait to see what you think. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Before you go, um, I know we're uh, speaking via Skype at the moment, but um, but Iron Lack have got a, a $100 gift voucher for you. So it's time oh. for you to um, get on the other side of the camera, go to a piece, <laughs> go to a whole car. <laughs> oh, dear. That's not happening, hey. Trust me, no one wants to see that. <laughs> no, that's awesome though. I'll 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 get I'll use it for I'll I'll get some paint for an artist that needs it. You know that I, that I'm working with. That'd be awesome. Yeah, but also they do lots of other things as well. It's not just spray paint. They do true. You know they've got their apparel as well. Their brushes. Their and yeah, all kinds of good sketchbooks, stuff. all sorts of stuff. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Thanks, Iron Lake. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Iron Lake. Um, yeah, you're the yeah, just before we go as well, I just want to announce that um, this is my last podcast for the year. It's uh, that time of year. I'm going to take a break and uh, yeah. we'll be back with plenty of good interviews in uh, 2020. So, um, awesome. yeah, thanks good again, job. Selena. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great. I love doing these interviews. I love sitting down and chatting to people. And, um, you know, it's been great to catch up because I haven't seen you for ages, for no. years. Yeah. Years and years. I think the last time I saw you was in Barcelona. No, is it really been that long? I don't know. Oh, no, I saw you in Sydney. Sorry. But that was like two years ago. Mm. Yeah. It's definitely due for a catch-up. It is. We are. I'll see you, well, I'll see you on Friday at the Astor awesome. and at Revolver. We'll have That's some good. beers. Yay. Cool. <laughs> oh, thanks, Tom. No worries. <laughs>